Today is Tuesday, October 10th, and this is Econoday Unplugged. I am Ann Picker, Econoday's Chief Economist, and with me today are Mark Pender in the U.S. and Jeremy Hawkins in the U.K. Jeremy, I know it's a quiet week in Europe regarding economic data, but geopolitical concerns continue to percolate. They do, and certainly um, such concerns have been weighing upon the euro since we spoke last week. Um, I guess um, what's really attracting most of attention at the moment is uh, the so-called Spanish crisis. As people may recall, at the beginning of the month, we had the region of Catalonia voting in an illegal referendum to, to go for independence from the rest of the country. Um, and that has gone down, surprisingly, like a lead balloon with a national parliament. And as we stand at the moment, we're waiting to see exactly how things are going to pan out. Now, um, within the next hour or so, we're expecting to see uh, the Catalonian president address the regional parliament in Barcelona, and that will determine whether or not he's actually going to want to push for complete independence, um, which would be the big bazooka call that's worrying financial markets, or whether he's going to try and just pull back a little bit and perhaps look for some kind of diplomatic dialogue with Madrid. So we're not, we don't know what's going to happen out of this at the moment, and really investors are very much waiting to see what comes out of this. Um, were he to actually sort of, you know, go almost nuclear and decide, well, that's it, we want independence, then under Catalan law, which itself isn't recognised by the Madrid government, that would give the regional parliament 48 hours to decide whether or not the independence was going to take place. Now, as far as Madrid's concerned, um, independence for Catalonia is simply a non-starter. And we've already had a number of comments coming out of the, the national parliament to effect that whatever is necessary will be undertaken to prevent such action from taking place. So it's going to be a very messy time probably over the next uh, few days anyway. Even if we don't see the independence call being announced shortly, um, it's not that easy to see how the diplomatic negotiations can continue or at least result in something which will keep both sides happy. So it's going to be a very messy period, I think, and it's difficult to see how really we can get anything coming out of this, in the near term at least, which will offer any support for the euro. Um, Quickly, just sticking with politics and a, a Brexit up update. I mean, we've been talking for some while now about the you know, the ongoing lack of progress there. And indeed, that's very much the case as we speak today. The latest rounds, the fifth rounds of talks actually started yesterday. But it seems as if it's, well, simply degenerate into a game of political tennis with both sides claiming that the ball's in the opposition's court. The UK are saying that they've now made enough offers and compromises since Theresa May's Florence speech a couple of weeks ago to pave the way for the discussions of the this mooted two-year transition period once Brexit has actually taken place um, and essentially you know, paved the way for to talks about a trade deal. The EU, though, still maintain that there's been no progress on the settlement costs and also they remain unclear on the future position of EU nationals in uh, the UK after Brexit has taken place. Now, the Bank of England stepped in by suggesting that really this transition deal must be reached by the end of the year to provide assurance to uh, UK financial firms as they start thinking about life after the withdrawal. Um, But say it's not shaping up at all well now. Everything coming out of the two sides suggests it's going to be extremely difficult for the EU summit, which takes place um, at the uh, the, uh, coming weekend, um, to determine 
that they're happy with results so far and that they will indeed allow talks about trade to go ahead. So there's more talk now about a hard Brexit. There's growing pressure on Theresa May to stand down. So, you know, politics are very much ruling the roost here. And the pound, as people have probably seen, has been one of the worst performers on the currency markets over the last week. Thank you, Jeremy. While we're on the political talk, uh, there's a snap election in Japan on October 22nd, and the election essentially will decide who will be in power. Much to his surprise, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has is seeking to repel an upstart new party called the Party of Hope. And it is causing a good deal of political tumult, to say the least, in the lower house election. Um, the party is very new, and many people in the liberal, in, in the the Democratic Party have jumped ship, ship and, and are now part of the Party of Hope. Uh, there's a good deal of disarray, and since the Democratic Party imploded last month, um, it's really hard to say what's going on. Uh, what attracts me in contrast to U.S. elections, where the run-up to the election seems to go on forever, uh, today was the first day of official campaigning for an election that is just 12 days away on the 22nd. Um, but in reality, they've been talking about it for a little longer than that. Uh, the LDP, which is Shinzo Abe's party, uh, coalition is defending its two-thirds supermajority in the parliament's lower house. So losing a, its simple majority would be a major upset. Uh, Mark? Hi. Well, let's uh, shift gears to economics. And we had a very interesting uh, employment report on Friday. And what was interesting about it was not the headline, which showed a uh, rare decline in payrolls that was due to hurricane effects. What was interesting was the average hourly earnings, which is the wage reading. Now, this uh, wage reading has been very soft for a very, very long time and has defied um, the economic, the iron-fisted laws of economics. Uh, here, meaning that uh, a very low supply of available la labor uh, should uh, increase uh, wages, that uh, employers would have to uh, bid up uh, their offers to uh, attract people into their, into their firms. Now, this hasn't happened until um, the uh, September report. And uh, it wasn't just September that showed uh, uh, pressure, but there was significant upward revisions to prior data that have cast a whole new light on, on uh, the labor market and the risk of a wage push uh, flashpoint 
and uh, the risk now that the Federal Reserve, in fact, is uh, perhaps behind the inflation curve. Um, full employment, we're at 4.2% employment. That is the lowest uh, level uh, since uh, the prior cycle back in uh, 2001. Um, so there's every indication that uh, uh, as far as the the Federal Reserve and, and how it's, its conception of uh, the labor market and its um, relative to its mandates, its mandates are uh, full employment and watching inflation. And uh, so the first one has now um, uh, assuredly absolutely been taken care of. And now the second one uh, looks like there may be pressure. So um, we have a meeting, uh, FOMC meeting, at the end of this month, uh, and uh, there, there were no expectations of any action at that meeting, uh, largely because it's uh, a meeting without the FOMC quarterly um, forecast and also without the uh, Janet Yellen's press conference. But they may not be necessary, and certainly in, uh, in uh, uh, prior Federal Reserves, uh, it, it would be very, um, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise at all to see them flex their uh, flex their muscles and go ahead and raise uh, uh, the funds rate, which was expected to, in December. Now, there are no really expectations of this yet, but I imagine that certainly in the debate uh, at the meeting, the doves who were um, worried about the lack of inflation uh, will now, I think, uh, be less dovish. And uh, so I think there is a very uh, uh, significant sea change in the economic data here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. And all this was, if you re recall back in the August uh, CPI, we had a rare, uh, or we had a, a, a very welcome increase in uh, pressures. Now, this didn't filter through to other inflation readings, but it kind of gave a signal of what was going on, especially when you look back to the average hourly earnings now that have been upwardly revised um, going back. So, uh, and just to put numbers on them, uh, earnings came in at uh, a 2.9% annual rate, which is uh, 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 one of the highest uh, of the expansion. And uh, um, also the monthly rate was 0.5%, which is extraordinarily high and way beyond anyone's expectations. And July was also revised to 0.5. That's July. So then you, uh, that gives a part of an explanation of why we saw that increase in the core rate in the CPI in August. So, Mark? Yeah? Just to go back to the Fed for a second, it's, isn't it true that the Fed, the FOMC, can call a press conference whenever they care to, regardless of the fixed schedule, so that if they decide to do something at the end of the month, they can call a quickie press conference? Yes, I, uh, they could, certainly. And if they uh, did want to talk about it... Uh, uh, <laughs> But, you know, they don't really have to talk about it so much because it is pretty uh, clear. Right. Um, I, I think they could just issue a statement and say, you know, we have to move this up because uh, because of these revisions have changed things. But, yes, they could do that. And they could also have a uh, intermediate. If it really, if we start seeing, we have other data this week. You know, we have um, we have retail sales at the end of the at the end of this week. Uh, and that'll be on Friday. And uh, we're expecting a huge jump in retail sales. And that was another thing in 
uh, part of the economic data is this gargantuan jump in um, auto sales, unit auto sales during September. Unbelievable. And uh, uh, and this follows a, a downdraft in August. These are obviously hurricane effects. And uh, certainly the, the spike in auto sales will be stealing. Uh, people have to replace their cars all at once. And that will be stealing uh, what would have been gradual uh, sales in uh, in the future months. Um, and gasoline prices have spiked. So we're going to see outside outsized gains in that and, and we could see some more pressures in the CPI and if all this you know in theory they could call a, 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 their own intermeeting uh, video conference and make a decision uh, apart from uh, the regularly scheduled meeting so there is a lot of flexibility that the Fed can show and I'm not sure that they will but I think it is a possibility. Mark can I ask a quick one about hurricane effects? Uh-huh. I mean, it's Kind of intuitively obvious, I suppose, that you know, the hurricane effects would certainly feed through into the payroll. Were there indications that perhaps you actually had some effects on on these wages figures as well, be it through you know lower paid people being unable to get into work or something like that due to the hurricane effects, or is that just a non-issue? Well, yeah, that, it, Mark, yeah. that I, let me just tag on to Jeremy's question, and the big loss in hospitality and jobs during well over 100,000, how much of an impact would that have on wages and is it a short-term effect? Well, the Bureau of Labor Statistics went did not go out on a limb whatsoever and said that there were no discernible, uh, they could not extract any uh, definitive uh, hurricane effects, but it's really very quite obvious. You're referring to the 104,000, uh, uh, 105,000 decline in uh, restaurant jobs. Now, that would certain payroll jobs. That would certainly look like it was uh, it was tied to uh, hurricanes, and there certainly could have been a um, upward uh, pull on wages uh, because of the dislocations in the labor market. However, July, which was before the, uh, the any hurricane effect, was also came in at a zero, revised uh, uh, much higher to also come in at a 0.5% rate. And um, the prior month, uh, uh, we're all, there was upward revisions to all the readings. So we have a um, uh, something that was hitting uh, before we have um, uh, the scrambling of uh, hurricane effects in the September data. So um, that's how I, I think that that's what makes it so def- uh, unusual and definitive. It's just not a hurricane effect. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jeremy. Until next week.